You are listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. Get ready to change your life. Welcome, everybody. This is Buck Joffrey with the Wealth Formula Podcast. And today I'd like to start out by reminding you that wealthformula.com has all sorts of resources for your benefit. You can get a copy of my best selling book, Seven Secrets of Eternal Wealth, free. In PDF format, download it there. You can go there and ask me questions on Ask Buck. There's a series of downloads and saving on taxes, etc. Now, on to today's show. So today's a very special show. It is a pre-recorded a little bit more than the usual show, and that's because it is the last show that I'm recording from the northern suburbs of Chicago from my guest room. And this is because I am moving to sunny California. And so the title of this particular podcast is Going to California. Because you see, when I was in high school, I used to blast Led Zeppelin on my drive to school. And my favorite album was Led Zeppelin 4. My music tastes haven't changed much since then. In fact, my music repertoire pretty much ends around 1992, and that's the year I graduated high school. And even though, obviously, plenty of music came out that was probably pretty good after that, that's about as far as I go. I went to Lollapalooza 1, Lollapalooza 2, saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers, saw Jane's Addiction, I think, in the first one, and Pearl Jam, and all that stuff. And that was about it. I kind of stopped going to a lot of shows and stuff, but now I listen, still listen to music, But most of the stuff is old. Even the 90s stuff is a little bit late for most of my musical interests. Uh, My wife, on the other hand, generally likes the newer stuff. But last month, I converted her. I had her watch a documentary on Led Zeppelin, and she was hooked. And so our theme song for the month became Going to California because of our impending move. So by the time you get this message, I will already have moved. And now for those of you who have been listening to my show from the beginning, or at least close to the beginning, you can hear the seeds planted for this move that we're making back in episode 14, which happens to be almost exactly one year from the release of this show. And therefore, this week's episode of Wealth Formula Podcast is a little bit reflective, and it's a little different from some of the other shows. I mean, if you listen to this episode and then listen to episode 14, what I'm going to ask you to do is pay attention because you will see the power of goal setting in action, my friends. I feel very strongly in the idea that you must practice what you preach. And if I tell you to take action and ask you why you're not living the life you want, and I have to ask myself the same questions too. And that's exactly what I did back in episode 14. And now I am seeing the results of that vision. How about you? What's your ideal life and how are you going to make it happen? Remember from our interview with Dean Graziosi, you have to know where you're going before you make a plan to get there. So maybe you start by listening to this discussion with Zed Williamson, just like we did a year ago. And so when we come back, let's call it a year in review. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, my guest is my good friend, Zed Williamson. So Zed has not been on the show for a long time. And Zed was really nice to be on the show because, you know, back in the day, I mean, this is only a year ago, the show was just starting out. So there wasn't very many people who would want to be a guest on my show. So I would call up Zed and I'd say, hey, Zed, how about you get on the show with me and we'll just chat. And he's a good friend. He's always able to oblige me on that. Of course, in the last year, we've come a long way. 
You know, I think in July, I think we're going to hit about 15,000 downloads, which is uh, pretty impressive, I think, for a year, just for the month of July, rather. So that's really good. We've got a lot of momentum, a lot of gravitas in terms of, you know, being able to continue to attract people we we want to talk and learn from. And so that's been really good. But, you know, just as a reminder, Zed is an entrepreneur. And the way I know Zed is because a couple of years ago, I was starting a new business in I needed somebody who specialized in media in that area and television and radio because I do a lot of television radio. I do a lot of internet. And so Zed has a company called Trackable Lead Generation. He and I talked business initially. And the next thing you know, we just we started talking like almost every day and we became really good close friends. And so that's the story. Zed's business, for those of you who have an interest in advertising, uh, your businesses is trackable lead generation. And I highly recommend if that's something you're potentially looking for that you get involved. Zed, welcome. Thank you. Glad so, to be here. Yeah. So it's been a long time, right? I think it was episode 14. Do you remember that? I do. It was about a year ago. If you can believe this, I started doing the math in my head. We actually first met almost four years ago. Is that right? can't believe that much time has passed. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. That was just so random too. It's interesting. But one of the things that I wanted to talk about today, and one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show in particular was that, you know, it was a year ago, we did this episode 14 and it was called something like, what's your dream? And, you know, why aren't you living it? So it was more of a inspirational or motivational or mindset type podcast. I feel like we ought to be doing more of that. Because I think there are mindset shifts and so on and so forth that need to happen with everyone and with every level of success for the most part. And as you may recall, Zed, that podcast was recorded while I was on vacation in Montecito, California, Santa Barbara, basically unincorporated Santa Barbara. And during that, we talked about a lot of the things that really go into determining your own destiny and you know why it is that people don't ultimately do necessarily what they want to be doing, et cetera. And we talked that day about what would you be doing? What's your ideal thing? And, and it was never my intention to come back to that podcast in a year, but actually it ends up being very interesting because as you know, I'm moving to Santa Barbara. I'm moving actually to that beach house. We're just renting it for a year or two. We'll see. But we're going to be moving literally 51 weeks from when we launched that podcast. And to me, that's pretty insane. So, and so when I was listening to the podcast, I was like, okay, so what's my goal and what's your goal? So what was your goal? Do you remember what was your goal in your life and, you know, what your dream or whatever it was? And tell me, where are you now? Well, you know, it's interesting. There's this whole speak it into existence philosophy that exists that I'm a huge fan of. And seeing the fact that you're moving there is just more proof, the way I look at it, that you know once you speak something, it does clear a path for you to achieve it. And the whole idea about having a plan and goals, I think sometimes people mix up because they worry that if they don't hit it, then they failed. I believe that a plan and goals are designed to give you a pathway towards something. Because I know that I've had plans and goals, and then along the way of trying to achieve them, you know, you realize that, oh, you know what? Instead of this direction, I might head this direction. And I know early on, we've kind of joked that it was a, an idea of mine to be able to just launch, you know, business after business after business 
And, you know, at one point I felt like that was the design behind what I wanted to achieve. And now we've really kind of uncovered that maximizing this company and making it so that it really does not rely on my existence is the path that I've shifted to. And it's amazing when you focus on something and you just do the work, you really can achieve it. There's a great quote, it's called Providence. And it's basically the idea, it's way too long for me to read right now for this podcast. I wouldn't want to take someone through that. But the idea behind it is that once you decisively go towards something, basically all things can help you get there. Something you would never expect. Basically, the universe helps you achieve the path that you decisively head towards. I really enjoy that idea. Happy every day because of it. We're really on that path. I've taken a ton of time off and business continues to grow without my necessity. And that is just really important. So to your point about the idea of, you know, just kind of putting your mind to something. So Dean Graziosi talked about this a few episodes ago. It's interesting because he was saying something to this effect and I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. And then I listened back to episode 14. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what I said, right? I mean, but effectively what his point was, it's a simple point, but it's such an amazing, powerful thing is that most people just don't have a clear idea in their head what it is that they do want. You can ask, you know, 99% of the people out there, especially highly successful, very busy people who are just got their nose to the grind and just working day in, day out. What do you want out of life? I mean, what is it that you really want? What is your dream? What is your mission? Whatever. You'll find it very difficult for most of them to answer that question. What they can tell you very easily is what they don't want, right? And I hate my job. Ah, I can't stand my boss. Oh, the neighbors suck. I hate the winners. You know what I mean? So you can yep. find all sorts of things that people don't want very easily. But if you actually ask, what do you really want? It's much more difficult. And then people go back to sort of these default answers like, yeah, just, you know, I want to just retire, you know, just want to play golf, right? No, I don't really believe it. And then one of the other things that I'll just tell you that I think Dean talked a lot about, and I think I mentioned I had some conversations with Robert Kiyosaki about this in, in April, was that really what it comes down to is that most people don't really have some kind of a mission, a why, whatever you want to call it, right? What's really driving you in life? It doesn't have to be something super fancy, right? right. But your why or your mission is your destination. It tells you where you want to head. Now, whether you constantly put up like some sort of vision board or not, I mean, whether you're constantly saying it, at least if you verbalize it. And you know that's really where you want to get. Your subconscious often kicks in. But if you don't even take that time to try to figure out what your mission, what your why is, then you have no destination. And so effectively, you're just like this plane that's flying around in circles without any idea of where you want to land. Well, and it even gets a little bit more dangerous than that because a lot of times when people do not have a why, what they have replaced it with is an if. And constantly the self-talk is, well, I'm unhappy now, but if this were to happen, then I'd be happy. And that is such dangerous thinking because there is no such thing. If happiness is the goal, then happiness is the voyage, not the destination. And I think that if word 
really gets people into a lot of trouble. If I had a nicer car, I'd be happy. If I had a better job, I'd be happy. If I had a happier marriage, I'd be happy. It's really dangerous where if you have a why and the why is just something guiding, you know, it doesn't need to be a laser pointed thing that if you don't achieve your life was worthless, but just a guiding why, then the ifs never matter because things just are. And that may sound weird, but I like the the philosophy of the ideas. There's no such thing as good or bad weather. It's just weather. You know, sunny weather, sometimes people say, well, that's good weather and rainy weather is bad. It's like, well, but rain provides life and gives us things that we can enjoy. And so, you know, it's the whole, well, if it wasn't raining, I'd be happy. Well, again, it's easy to tell people what you don't like. That's the easy, that's the low lying fruit that you can easily just pluck off and talk about why you're miserable. Well, let's just pull some tangible things out of the air. You know, I'm miserable because my back hurts because I don't get enough sleep or, you know, I'm working too hard, whatever. But, you know, right. tell me what it is that you do want and it becomes a lot more difficult. And to your point, I think that I agree actually that you don't have to have a laser, laser focus on exactly what it is. You know, everybody should have some general idea of the direction in which you're moving and some broad strokes into what that looks like because of course, it changes constantly, right? And so, I think that you can start building on it. In my example, what I said that I wanted more than anything else last year was location independence, right? I wanted to be able to move wherever I want. And in this case, I am doing that. I'm moving to Santa Barbara because that's where we vacation every year. That's where we're happy. And despite the fact that many listeners on the show have called it the People's Republic of California. We still love it. It's still great. We're real happy when we're there. So there is a price to pay sometimes in some form to do it. But we love being there. And that is my location independence. And I did some things. I don't think I thought about it consciously every day, but I did what it took to create location independence. And so I will be working somewhere where none of my business actually physically exists. So that is an important thing. I think you have to have some direction there. And then Absolutely. the next question is, the funny thing is when you get there, then you're like, okay, then what's next and why? Right? And that's kind of where I'm at it now. How about- So do you have an idea where it feels like it's a, a box that you are checking off and then you're, you're moving to another box? Yeah, in a way, because it was sort of an ambiguous and maybe a little bit, I didn't know that I really could do it this quickly. You know what I mean? And so I really didn't expect it. So I think I have been thinking about that a lot lately. And I've been thinking about it because what happens is that I have defined on this show this concept of wealth. And I've always said wealth isn't about money. It's about time. Right. It's like how much time you have time to do whatever you want, et cetera. But what's interesting is to me, in my mind, is that the definition of wealth has changed for me because of my perspective. I don't think of wealth simply as time anymore. It's too generic. Sort of wealth is time well spent. Right. Right. That's really what it is. Because for me, it's not about, I couldn't go and play golf and all that. I mean, I could go, I'm going to do, go do leisure stuff all the time. I could do it periodically and have fun doing it, but I could not have some kind of mission or meaning or why. 
And so much of my time in the last few months has been spent trying to think about what exactly is my why and what is my mission and what do I really want? Because the reality is that in my case, I'll tell you that the businesses that I've started in the past that have created this time are really not real passions of mine. I hate to say it, but it's just reality. I'm not passionate about them. I have these businesses that are great, but at the end of the day, for the most part, they're just, they're businesses to me and they make money. And I like the game for the game for a while, but I'm ready for the next step, which is doing something that I'm hundred percent passionate about all the time and letting that be my existence. And that to me is, you know, the ultimate freedom, right? Doing something that you really, really, really want to do and having the world pay you for your work. Right. I don't know. How about yeah, you? That's very powerful. I agree with you. It's, it's not just time. It's time well spent. You know, if you asked me a year ago, did you ever think about getting a boat? I would have passionately tell, told you, are you crazy? There's no time for that. And, you know, so many people buy them and don't use them and blah, blah, blah. Well, I own a boat now. And greatest decision that I've made in recent history. You know, I have two boys and my wife and I and them, you know, just in two months time. And just because I like tracking things and the boat does it automatically, there is 54 hours on the, uh, the engine. And that is 54 hours of just the four of us, no iPads, no iPhones, no electronics, just enjoying each other's company out on the water with no thought of anything else. And so if you'd asked me a year ago, would that have been a goal of mine? Then I would have said no. But what it was is it turned out to be a tool to achieve the goal of mine, which was more time well spent. I think I've, I've mentioned this in a different podcast with you where you know, we have pretty good hindsight as humans. We can look back and go, oh, yeah, 2020, that's what we should do. And so if you put yourself in the future and look back on today's decisions, it helps guide them. And you know, wealth as money, you realize at a certain point that there's only so much you can do with that. And the time well spent, I mean, that is where really all the magic is. And I realized that I have a passion for uh, growth. And what I mean by that is individuals growth. And so I've really enjoyed in the last year making this company a place where every employee can individually grow and become more of what they, what their possibility is. And so we've structured the company to provide that for them, to keep growing so that it can hire more employees to keep providing that for them. Then also not to require my existence so that I can take that time and spend it with my family and growing personally on my side too. It's a fun journey. Actually, so, you know, one of the things I think is really interesting about your stuff too, that is, I mean, you're growth. And I have known you now for four years. And it's really funny to watch where you've come because again, you were, you know, shiny object guy, right? Four years ago. Right. Sure. And so was I. And some of those things panned out. Some of them didn't. And I think to a certain degree, you know, again, you learn from it and then you, you go back and you regroup. But one of the things that Zed has gotten into in the last probably year, especially, right, is, well, I like to call voodoo. (laughs) 
<laughs> right? <laughs> so is that like really into these, uh, you know, how would you describe it? Your health stuff, all the things you do. It's kind of looking at the human body as a biochemical machine and paying attention to that in the way that you feed it and supplement it and sleep and all that. So basically trying to hack that biochemical machine for all that it can do. He's introduced me to some things like, for example, this thing called intermittent fasting. And when he told me about it initially, I ignored him because I just thought he was, you know, he was just (laughs) being Mr. Voodoo guy. And then I actually shot an email over to Manny Lamb. Manny, how are you doing? Manny's one of our listeners. He's a physician who actually specializes in weight loss. And I shot him an email. I told him, thinking about losing weight, I got to try to lose weight. How do I do it? So he writes back this whole intermittent fasting thing, right? So I'm well, if Manny said it, I'll believe it. Said <laughs> <You know? laughs> it. Sure enough, I dropped 20 pounds. By the way, there's a plug out for Manny. If you guys look up Manny Lamb and ask him how you can lose weight, it's like probably the easiest 20 pounds I ever lost. And it's really easy to do. But that leads me to a little bit about kind of like what to take to the next step, right? What's the next step? And so for me, it's about exploring all phases of wealth, all forms of wealth. And this is something I've been also trying to figure out how it's going to come out in the podcast too. Well, I have a feeling I know the direction you're headed. And I'll tell you a quick story. Maybe two years ago, my sons were 11 and 7. And I remember my 11-year-old, who was after a day of work, asked if I wanted to go out in the front yard and play catch with the football. And I told him no. And it wasn't because I didn't want to do it. It's because I was so exhausted. I was in pain, had back pain, all this stuff. You might as well just beat me in the face with a baseball bat when I heard myself tell my son that. And I realized, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you make. And it even doesn't matter how much time you provide yourself. If I'm physically limited to enjoy that time or that money, there's something very wrong with that. And that's what kind of made me track down how to get more physically out of myself. Yeah, that's sort of what I'm getting at. I mean, there's this quote, I had written it down, of course, now I don't know. I mean, and my broad, like, six by three foot desk. I can't seem to find that one simple quote I wrote, but you know, it was part of that whole Dean Graziosi interview again. And it's the idea is having enough money allows you to be yourself. I think, again, that's very powerful. And I think what it comes down to is, okay, so now you have money. Now you can actually focus on other stuff, right? So what is the other stuff? Well, well, one thing is health, right? So a lot of the things that I've been thinking about doing lately revolve around that. Like I want to lose some weight. So I, you know, I did this thing with this intermittent fasting thing. Here's another thing I did, which was kind of crazy was, okay, so admittedly, and it's sort of embarrassing, but I couldn't really swim, right? I mean, I I could float for hours, you know, but I, I couldn't really swim. So Zed introduced me to a guy who he found off a Tim Ferriss show, I think a couple of years ago, and I actually went out to see him, Terry Laughlin for total immersion swimming. So Terry, so I never really learned to swim. And so I go out there and I just kind of like flop around. I could do a backstroke, you know, whatever. But I really wanted to like, this is just one of those things. I'm like, I'm 43 years old. I'm pretty athletic. I, I used to be athletic. Now I'm just like a guy with back pain. I'm like one of those former athletes, right? So 
but I, you know, how can I not know how to swim? So I finally went out to see Terry Laughlin and in two days, he taught me how to swim. He taught me how to swim. Now I'm a pretty good swimmer. As you know, I have a, I have a swimming pool, I have an indoor swimming pool and I've been out there every day. That's wealth, man. I mean, I was sitting next right. to a, a guy on the plane, you know, who's some investment banker and he was flying out. I would think I was going to New York on the way up there and we were talking about this and that. He's telling me all about investment banking, you know, and I was very interested in what he did. And finally he turns to me, he's like, so what are you flying out here for? And I was like, I'm learning to swim. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? So it was like victory, victory. Listen, I'm not saying this is all there is to life, but this is part of life, folks, and you can't ignore it. You have to look at all the things in your life and not wait until you're 80 or 90 years old and say, well, now I got a bucket list, right? The bucket list starts now. The bucket list starts now. Start filling in all the things that you want to do, all the things you want to see, all the things that you're going to regret. Don't regret them. Just do them now. Right. That's really to me what it's all about. That's my new definition of wealth. And in terms of work, for me, what that has become is okay, so what can I do that will bring me joy and at the same time, hopefully, pay me? So let me tell you, here's we're going to talk about this next here. So, my goal, because I got location independence, and to me, that was my definition of wealth before, right? I mean, time. I could just surf all the time. And now that I know how to swim, right? I could do that all the time. That's not what I'm going to do. What I want to do is actually, now this gets a little funny, but what I'd like to do is turn wealth formula into not just a wealth show about money, but a wealth show about everything that encompasses wealth. And I think people who listen to this show are starting to see some transition. We talk about, like we had Dean on the other day, and Dean obviously is an incredible business guy, but really what he's talking about is mindset, et cetera. In short, I want to learn and I want to teach. I want to challenge you. And some of that will continue. A lot of that will continue to be financial in nature, but I want to take it a step further. And the challenge for me right now is understanding how do I do that in the confines of this podcast, because I don't know. You guys tell me, email me, bucketwealthformula.com. But if we started talking about mindset, we started talking about everything else that comes along with the idea of wealth, you know? How powerful this would be. So you have a show that discusses wealth and people think about finances and investing and all that. Let's say someone was listening today and not even as a metaphor, but literally, let's say they don't know how to swim and it's always bugged them. And then them hearing your story, they picked up the phone, called somebody, and three days from now, they can swim. From a growth, I mean, that is just insanely powerful. So I definitely think that there is room for the podcast to help people through those things. You know, there's someone out there who was in the same place you were in, and now you're not in that place. And here's the other thing. Let's say you went out and you talked to them. And you did your lessons and let's say it didn't even help that much. There still would have been growth in the fact that you took those steps to become more in something that you felt you weren't. And I think there is opportunity in everybody's life. It doesn't matter who you are, how successful you are, that there is always that opportunity. It's like a ceilingless room. You can just grow as tall as you want. I think my goal being that 
this is the stuff. What I'd like to do is just focus on the things that I'm passionate about. And I, obviously, I am passionate about business and money and investing and so on and so forth. But I'm also passionate about how to use that time and mission and why. And my mission at the end of the day, you know, it's education. I mean, it's education and helping other people. That's really what I want to do. And specifically focusing on the demographic of my podcast listeners. And reminds me, you know, this is this quote that I love, Zig Ziglar, you can get everything in life you want if you'll just help enough people get what they want, right? That's what I want to do. So hopefully it will listen to this show a year from now. And I can say that that's where I'm at. And what that will take, and I will put that in some metrics here that you can actually follow, it'll actually mean that I am getting paid for the work that I do. Now, I do make some money on this show, you know, with some sponsorships and stuff like that. But honestly, compared to all my other business activity, it's like chump change. It's nothing really. And that's okay. My goal for the show has not been to make a ton of money, but I think. If I'm going to be able to completely immerse myself, I have to make this show actually something that pays me for my work, which, I mean, I have some plans to that extent, but I think that will actually make me be able to do it even better. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Because effectively, it goes from being a hobby that I'm doing, I'm helping other people, whatever, to now, hey, you're doing something. You're doing a lot of good for people and the world is rewarding you for what you do and telling you to continue to do it. It's like sort of a positive feedback. And that's what the ideal situation is, I think, for anybody who has a mission is to see feedback. And for me, that would be a business that, you know, at least can pay me, you know, something similar to one of my other businesses at some point. You know, it seems like that's not something like a lot of people want to necessarily hear, you know, and somebody's that they're listening to is trying to figure out how to make money, but it's reality, right? I mean, that's just how it works. If I love something and I want to pour my heart into it, I actually have to be able to turn it into something that I can do without thinking about, you know, making money somewhere else. Well, that, that guy who taught you how to swim, he did that for free, right? <laughs> no, he's, he's expensive. Terry's expensive, I'll right. tell you, but so, he was worth so it, man. about that. You know, was there value in you visiting him? Absolutely. Is there a life change because of it? Absolutely. Do you feel bad that he charged you money? Hell no. <laughs> no, no. I want to pay him you know, more. I want to pay a, him more. Right. He had a passion. His passion helped you achieve a goal. And that's the same thing. You know, you have this passion and that passion is going to help other people achieve a goal. So the nature is that you would earn a living from that. That's its natural state. I agree. I think the thing that makes me a little nervous about this is because I know there's so many, there's so many shysters in this space, you know, where I feel like they don't really care. And then, you know, the next thing you know, they're asking people to pull out a credit card. I can't stand that personally. And so I think that's what's made me stay away from a lot of things. But, you know, on the other hand, it's just a matter of mindset change for myself again and to come across and understand for myself, hey, I'm not one of those guys. You know, I'm not one of these gurus. By the way, I don't know if people out there notice, but I don't really have gurus on the show. I mean, there are some gurus that I even think are good, but I just don't like plugging gurus for the most part because I get concerned about, you know, the way that that is perceived. At the same time, I don't want to be perceived as a charlatan, you know? Right. Well, in that nervousness, you know, that's how you worded it. You said what makes you nervous. 
I think that that's good because that nervousness will also be fueling towards the passion side, you know, towards doing it the right way. And so that people grow from it and have the same feeling of, well, I would like to pay more because we all have that whenever we enjoy something that helps us and it costs some kind of investment of our time or money, you're never upset about that investment as long as it helped you achieve what you were looking for. And to your point about like, you know, in, in the case of Terry, if Terry wasn't charging me, I mean, he wouldn't have had all this right. time with me over two days and still be able to, you know, pay his, pay his own mortgage, his own bills and so on and so forth. Yep. Right. And so it makes him better at what he does. And I think that's one way I'm looking at it. So really what I'm talking about here is that, and for wealth formula people out there, and I am looking for feedback on this folks. I really am. I want to understand if what I'm telling you about in terms of a shift in the show from a purely financial one to a more holistic wealth show that encompasses not only money, but health and to a certain degree, some voodoo, you know, some random things about how to improve your life, um, mission, mindset, all those things. Does that sound interesting to you? It sure sounds interesting to me, but I'm a little scared. I mean, I've uh, got about 15,000 downloads this last month. And quite honestly, I, I, I like having that. I don't want to lose people either. So that's right. kind of where I'm at. That's my point, my perspective. But I think if I do it, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if I lose people because they'll probably gain some others who it resonates with. And that's what we really want is to focus on a, a community that sort of feels comfortable with what it is that we talk about on this show. Absolutely. So that's me, but I'm going to put you on the spot because you didn't know last year either that we were going to come back in a year. And I remember you talking about being able to take more vacations, spending more time with the kids. It sounds like you got that. But yeah, we really, I almost took the entire month of June off. Yeah, I know. You try to call, totally. call your office and you know, no one would ever answer. <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> no, it's, but, it, you know, totally the idea of that would have really <clears throat> stressed me out. And then this other, <laughs> this was one of the greatest days of my life in the last few weeks. A lot of my staff were on vacation. And this is in the beginning of July. And I see an email from one of my staff members saying, hey, this new client of ours has some questions. And uh, I said, oh, well, I'll just, I'll give the guy a call. And so I called this new client of ours. And he asked me the greatest question I've ever heard from a new client. And it was, who are you and what do you do? And I was so excited that there was no connection to Zed. You know, he was just hiring the company Trackable Lead Generation. Yeah, that's great. And his knowledge of me just didn't exist. And I got to tell you, I had a grin, you know, ear to ear for that entire conversation because of that question. Right. And yeah, time was spending, you know, man, that boat, whew, spending a lot of time. Yeah. I think two weekends ago, 16 hours, just over two days. You've gone from, you know, as I recall it and that thing, the big thing for you was, okay, trying to go from the Kiyosaki S quadrant to the B, being sort of more independent. And it sounds like you got there, right? And it also yeah, sounds like you're taking say, more vacations. It sounds like you're enjoying yourself. So what? So what's next? So what's your mission for so the next year? What? Where are you going to be? What's your goal? really is to solidify that 100%. So could I take three months off in a row? I don't know. I don't think so. 
but I think we're getting there. So I think within the next year, the necessity of me, I think is the next thing. And the timing is just working out great with now my, my sons are 13 and nine, even more time to spend with them and help kind of guide them through important times of their life. You know, one starting high school and so that's really the main thing is have the opportunity to get out completely. So I, I guess, let me ask you this. I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to ask you to, sure. I'm going to push more. Why? Why do you want this? You know, I see myself as a limiting factor to the company. The whole reason the company exists stems from when I was grown up. I remember my father starting his own company and he was not a business guy. He was a skilled guy. And he honestly got taken advantage of by some different vendors and he didn't know, you know, he was very trustworthy or trusting, I should say. And when I got into business and advertising, I saw this industry that literally just sells people, you know, they show fancy rewards or awards they've won and they talk all these companies into paying them. But in reality, they don't necessarily produce results. And it infuriates me that, there's these vendors that take advantage of business owners. I think business owners are really the the backbone of the country. They employ the most people. It's just, they're so important. And when someone has the guts and the idea to go off on their own, and then the first thing they deal with is a bunch of vendors who try to screw them over. I mean, it really ticks me off. And so was that your why? That's the why for the business. Absolutely. But, okay. Because, but I don't think you can separate it. Well, I believe I'm a limiting factor. Why do you want this business to be independent of you? So it can grow bigger. And why? And help more people not be taken advantage of. Why do you care if other people are taken advantage of? You know, I just, I, I see him as my dad. You know, he had guts and a skill. And there's a lot of people that look to take advantage of someone who's passionate about something. And it's just, it, like I said, it infuriates me. The idea of knowing that there's companies out there that are still getting screwed, that really is what fuels I think you got to go to the Y shop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to you. You're, you're backtracking. You're going all over the place. You don't have enough Ys. Listen to the Graziosi show. Listen to it. All right, I'll listen. Listen to the Graziosi show. I'm telling you, you got to get your whys down a little bit better. I know you and I know what you're you know, talking about, but I think there's something underlying all of this that you haven't quite figured out. And well, when you do, it'll be you know, liberating. The size to me creates the opportunity for influence. So we're not a big enough company where we're going to change how people do things. Well, so them. why do you want to be an influence? I want to change the industry. I want Why? an advertising agency. Why? What is that going to do for you? Home. Tell me, because at the end of the day, what feeling is that creating for you? Is it control? Is it power? What is it? No, no, no <laughs> not control or power. It's, it's actually like the opposite, almost like a, like a Zen relaxation, like the idea that you planted something. You want to make a difference? Yeah, it infects things positively. Yeah. You know, if, if a big ad agency loses the business because one place was accountable for an outcome that at some point they're going to have to decide, gosh, do we have to start being accountable for an outcome? And I think that if we were to do that, I honestly think every business would do better. I mean, that sounds kind of goofy, but I drive around and 
walk around and I just see waste. I see companies that could be doing double, triple, quadruple revenue, employing more people, providing for more families, and they're all being held back by this saran wrap gate. If you have some sort of a little bit more defined vision of a year from now, because I'm going to, you know, we're going to listen to this a year from now. Sure. And I want to be able to discreetly say, hey, you got there. Good for you. Right. And solidifying more is really just not discreet enough. Right. So a year long measure. And the reason I'm pushing you on this is because I'm kind of hoping that people in the audience here actually push themselves on this a little bit. Sure. Because I think it's very, very easy to not have a very clear why, and that will ultimately prevent you from getting to the why, because it's not real. If the mission's not real, or if it's not really what's underlying at all, it might not even be that useful. I mean, the example I gave in the Graziosi interview was that I used to be a neurosurgery resident, and I wanted to go to neurosurgery because I wanted what I thought was to be this super highly skilled you know, neurovascular surgeon and so on and so forth. And I think that's all true. And I did enjoy neuroscience and so on and so forth. But when I ended up quitting after a second year of neurosurgery, and part of that exercise for me was understanding why I went into it in the first place. And I kept asking myself these why questions. And at the end of the day, it was this desire for omnipotence and omniscience right? So no, all knowing and all being able to. And so, and I wanted people to look at me and say, wow, you're a brain surgeon. So my point is that you not only will the why questions help you figure out what it is that you should do, but sometimes they may help you figure out what you think you want to do and it may not be actually the case. And so that's why I'm pushing on this. Yeah. No, it's good. You know, when you think about a year from now, how can you measure if you're headed towards the why compared to where you are today. It's an interesting thought. Yeah. Maybe it's one I sprang on you a little too quickly. No, it's good. I hate to say it, but because it seems so, so simplistic, but from where I want this company to go, really revenue growth. If you looked at a year from now, I mean, when you, I mentally tell myself that it's double the revenue that we have now with also none of it being connected to me. So those two things is what takes the opportunity. The reason is, is because we operate at approximately, let me do some quick math, 7% capacity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's how much more business we could do with all the systems we have in place right now with no other change. And if we were to get to 50% capacity, not even, you would start to affect change on the industry. It couldn't be helped. I think your challenge is to try to understand why it is so much that you you care about affecting this industry and so on and so forth. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I think it's just, I'm, I think you just have to figure out why. I mean, I used to tell myself I wanted to be clip aneurysms and this sort of thing. Well, of course, because I want to save people lives. Of course. I mean, yeah, I mean, that is a good thing. You're right. It is a good thing. But why is it I'm doing what I'm doing is another question. Right. I mean, it's interesting. I think back to, you know, so one thing that I did before I started this company is I was a volunteer mentor for a group called SCORE. And I saw three businesses a week, volunteer time, an hour per business. And 
I did that for a couple of years. And literally 90% of those meetings were either close to or they were in tears. And it was because they were headed towards disaster. These people who had started businesses. And they All put you in there to help them and you didn't even have a <laughs> Well, because they would bring me in many times because of my advertising and marketing background. Oh, so I, I wouldn't see. be the only person. Got it. So there'd be someone there, you know, kind of going over business systems and financials. Right, right. But right. I'd be there for sales. Got you know, it. So, Got it. But a lot of the times there was no help. You know, I, I referred to that volunteer job as hospice for business. It was too late. These people were just coming somewhere to, to be comfortable for the end. And it just, it blew me away how many people had this passion for an idea would take a leap. And, you know, cause this is people who, you know, they mortgaged a house. You know, they did a lot of things that, that many humans would say, ah, oh, that's too risky for me to do. So much of the money that, that would be wasted was with vendors who took advantage of them. There's this one guy who's about 72 years old, and I see it as vivid as any memory I have. And he was sobbing. He was with his wife. He had mortgaged his paid off house to help his son start a business. He had spent his whole life investing so that he could retire. And he was looking at his watch because he had an interview to go get a job as a Walmart greeter. Because if he didn't start making some income, the bank was going to take his house. And they had put all this money in a uh, just this business chain. And, you know, he supported his son. And it just, it was all gone. He was a hardcore guy. I and mean, this was probably 10 years ago-ish. He was in his young 70s going back to work at Walmart so he didn't lose his family home. And man, I just, I envisioned that constantly. There's so many stories like that. So maybe it's trying to avoid being that guy that drives you. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. I mean, I think that fear of losing everything and, and dying broke and not having enough to support your family and stuff is an underlying thing for people at all income levels. I don't, I don't think sure. it goes away. I, I remember Jerry Jones being interviewed on like 60 minutes or something. And, and he was like breaking down into tears. I don't know why, but he, he's a, you know, he's a billionaire owns right. the Dallas Cowboys. And he was saying what scares him the most is losing everything. So, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I think trying to understand some of our motivations is a useful thing. Yeah. Hopefully we will come back a year from now and we will have some real tangible evidence of moving forward. I encourage everybody out there to do a couple of things and take these shows that I'm doing as annual shows. I mean, hopefully they're entertaining enough, but take these shows, these annual shows that we do that are just meant for recollection and actually do a little exercise for yourself and try to look back at the year, learn where you were the episode before and, and maybe take some notes or whatever. But I think it is important as human beings to constantly not only, you know, we talk about it in terms of business all the time. We work in our business and not on our business. And the same thing you could say for your life. You can kind of live your life without thinking about it, or you can actually poke your head up once in a while and actually see where it's headed, see if you like it, see if you want to make some changes, what would make it better, and so on and so forth. And I think that's really the ability to do that and the desire to do that and actually doing that is what wealth is. That's a different level of not only financial wealth, 
but of health and wealth and wisdom and, and everything else that goes along with that. So that's it for me. The next show that I will be doing, I will actually do from Montecito, California in my new office there. This is my last show in in Chicago. And what I'm doing is I am recording like three or four shows and then I'm just having them playing in succession so that I don't have to worry about it for a couple of weeks during my uh, transition. So the next time I will be talking to you will be from Montecito. I'm going to thank everybody for listening. I hope you can take some of these things, make some goals, think about your own lives and go from there. Zed, any last parting words? I look forward to these shows with some waves and seagulls in the background. Yeah, right, right. My office is in downtown Santa Barbara, so we may not get that. But okay. I may just, you know, I could play some in the background for you if you like. But, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's it today. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Zed. Thank you. Well, hopefully you enjoyed that show and we weren't rambling too much. Listen, everybody, it's been a lot of fun talking to you from Chicago. Looking forward to another great year. My call to action for you today, again, is simply to go and you know reflect on the past year and start making some goals. Make this the best year you've ever had. And the way you do that is by visualizing the best possible year you could possibly have, what that's going to look like in a year from now. And when you get there, what that's going to look like, what it's going to feel like, what it's going to smell like, et cetera. And just keep it in your mind. I mean, I'm telling you, you know, just trying to have that sort of picture, even in your subconscious, will really, really help. So with that, I'm going to leave you. And the next episode I will be doing will be not from my guest room, but from an actual office that I will have in downtown Santa Barbara. This is Buck Jaffrey with Wealth Formula Podcast signing off from Chicago. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast. Visit us on the web at wealthformula.com. The information contained in this podcast are opinions, not fact. As always, consult your own financial team before making any investment. See you next time.